Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I um, I actually prepared this sermon, this message, several weeks ago, and as Sunday approached, and I was prepared to deliver this message, the Lord gave me something else. And then another week went by in preparation, and the Lord gave me another message. And so this message kept being delayed until now. So I'm not 100% sure what's going on in the spirit realm, but there's a reason why God delayed this message and why he wanted me to deliver it here today. Um, It's either for those of us that are here in the sanctuary or for someone who will be hearing the podcast later on when they play it back. But God has a reason and a design. Uh, there have been many times over the years, um, even going, especially going back to when, uh, before the dawn of iPads and things like that, that I preach from now, that uh, when I had paper, paper on, at the pulpit, that I literally have torn up messages because God would have me to go someplace else. So there's a reason. There's a reason. And... Um, what we're going to be talking about today is, 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 is missions. Is missions. And these missions are not necessarily a mission in terms of you jumping up and being prepared to go to a foreign land, you know, to, to uh, minister to some group of people. It may not be a mission where you are physically taking up and going someplace, a physical move. But this is a mission in terms of something that God will want you to do. Something that is planning, something that you're thinking about or, or you're about to move into in terms of, in terms of direction and so on. But, but God needs to speak to us about that and how we are to respond. And the problem is, is that so many times when we know that God is sending us on a mission, and again, whether it's a physical mission or whether it's a, a, a new walk in Christ or, or a new spiritual plateau that God wants to move you to, that we feel inadequate to do that when we don't trust God to do that, to do what it is that he wants us to do. Um, if you need to know something about a piece of machinery, your car or whatever, you go to the user manual to see what needs to be done. You know, and one of my electronics goes haywire. I go to the go back and I find the manuals. You know, and I dig them up and I, I look to that because these are the people that built the thing. They're the people that made it, so they're the ones that are expert in that particular piece of equipment or that vehicle, whatever the case might be. When it comes down to things dealing with us and our lives. Um, who is the manufacturer? Who is the creator? It's God. So that means that we have to go back to his word and we have to believe what he's telling us, you see. The interesting, the interesting thing is that when these missions or these things that God would have us to do in our lives, these things that are, are coming up that God wants us to embark upon, that there's always going to be some negativity that comes in, either from someone or from circumstances or whatever it might be, you see. So the question is is who do you believe who do you believe do you believe what God is telling you that you're going to do does God do you believe God when God is saying this is the mission or this is the task that lies before you this is where you are going to go or are you going to believe what others might be telling you or what other circumstances might be telling you okay so again you know going back to your vehicle or a piece of my electronic equipment if 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 um, if the manual is telling me that I need to do steps a b c and d then I'm going to do steps a b c and d I'm not 
not going to have a friend call up and say, oh, well, who's that made by so-and-so? What you need to do is to do this and to do that. I'm going to believe the manufacturer, okay? So whatever missions or tasks or things that God may be planning for you, the bottom line is that if you start getting or when you start getting this negativity and feelings of not being able to accomplish it or, or people telling you that you're not, who are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? Okay. So with that, as usual, let's go to scripture because scripture, um, looking at the manual, so to speak, the scripture always tells us what we need to do or how we need to think and behave. So um, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Okay, so the bottom line is like, you know, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what God is telling you to do? Or are you going to believe what God has said? This is laid out before you. This is where you're going. Or are you going to believe the negativity which will come from others that that may come around you? You know, and you got to often stop and think, you know, we. We somehow get ourselves so twisted up, you know, and, and when God is telling us to do something and we feel like we can't accomplish it, that sometimes we will even rationalize by saying, oh, well, maybe God really had a change of mind or really God, maybe God really doesn't want me to do this, you know, and then we kind of, we, we kind of, you know, in an unaware fashion, we start believing what we're hearing from someone else, you know, and we can't do that. We can't do that. Against all odds, against what it may seem like, if you know that you know that that you know that you know that this is what God wants you to do, then whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe others or are you going to believe the Creator? So Numbers 13, starting with verse number 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. Okay, now the words there, which I give unto the children of Israel, God said that he's already giving it to them. Okay, so this is not saying, God is not saying that maybe I'll give it to the, to the children of Israel. God is saying, which I give to the children of Israel. It's a done deal. Verse number three says, And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men were heads of the children of Israel and these were the names of the tribe of Reuben Shamus the son of Zachar and the tribe of Simeon Shaphat the son of Hart of the tribe of Judah Caleb the son of Jephunneh okay now underline the word Caleb here okay under the name Caleb now I'm not going to go through all the rest of these it merely goes through the tribes and then we get down to verse number 16 These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Underline the name Joshua. So here we have Caleb up in verse number 6, and then we have Joshua down in verse number 16. 17 continues and says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up, as, get you up this way into the Negev, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people who dwell therein, whether they are strong or weak, few or many. All right. Now underline in here where it says, and see the land, what it is, whether they are strong or weak, few or many. All right. So here God is saying it to send out spies. Now, there may be a time in your life when God is preparing you for this mission or this task or whatever it is that lies before you, that God will, that God will 
He will present the opportunity or put you in a position to sort of spy out the land, quote unquote. Now, what will that be? He'll be, you'll be in a position to kind of get a glimpse of what it is that God wants you to do. Be it a physical location, be it, be it, be it something in writing, be it something that you're reading. God will give you some exposure to what it is that he wants you to do. Okay? And many times God will do just like he's saying here. You know, go and spy out the land. Check this out. This is where I'm going to place you. I want you to check this out. But now you have to remember, though, that in verse number two back here, he said, go up to the land that I give you, that I gave you, that I give you. Okay, and God, in God's mind, it's a done deal. So this thing that is going to be presenting itself to you, if God gives you an opportunity to, quote unquote, to spy out the land, as you're going to check out the circumstances and all and so forth, be reminded that God said, this is what I have already accomplished this is what I have in mind for you. All right. Whereas to you, though, it'll be a whole new experience. It'll be a whole new experience. But if you know that, that if you know that, you know that, you know that, you know that, you know that this is God that is sending you on this journey or about to present you to, to execute this task, to remember that you're going to succeed. All right. God will never, ever, 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 ever put us in a position to do something that we're going to fail. Okay. He will never do that, all right? If God says, this is what I want you to do, this is where I'm going to send you, and you know that it's God, then you better believe that it's going to happen if you follow his instructions and you follow his word, okay? And you, and you just be faithful to his command. Sometimes, again, I say, he may present you the opportunity to sort of spy out the land to see what's going on, to give you a feel for what it is that you're getting into, all right? Okay, then it continues here, and it says, uh, verse number 19, let me go 18 and read it through, and see the land what it is and the people who dwell therein whether they are strong or weak few or many and what the land is that they dwell in whether it is good or bad and what cities they are that they dwell in whether in camps or in strongholds and what the land is whether it is fat or lean whether there is wood therein or not and be ye of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land now the time was the time of the first ripe first ripe ripe grapes grapes now in modern day parlance, in what we, in what, in where we live in the 21st century, there have been times in my career and coming up that a certain thing was presented before me, and I knew where it was that God wanted me to go. I just knew that I knew that I knew in my spirit. I knew what was laying before me. And God did indeed present that opportunity for me to sort of spy out the land. And when I started being around these particular people, the people that I was going to be interfacing with and working for and over, um, I did get a good feel for who and what they were all about. I could sense and see where the opposition might lie if I get this position and I'm promoted up to this, this position in observing and being in the meetings. I could see who the people were that might present opposition. I could get a feel for their thinking. I could figure out, you know, gee whiz, you know, who might be, who, who, who might be a friend, who might be a foe, so to speak, okay? You started, you started figuring out. Um, uh, uh, others in the meantime would come by and say, oh, so-and-so over there, you know, that's John Doe. You need to watch out for him. He's a so-and-so, he's a so-and-so, he's a so-and-so, you know. And the Lord would immediately have me to dismiss that because God wanted me to form my own opinions. Not to be listening to what someone else is giving me in terms of an opinion of how that person is going to behave. That person that is, that is giving the bad report, the person they're speaking about, it could be because of the interactions between those two, which has nothing to do with me at all, you see. But God will put you in a position, and wherever this mission or this task is that is coming up, there's a reason 
reason why God has this message being given today, why the people that are here are hearing it, and the people that are not here are not hearing it, whatever it might be. I pray they pick it up by podcast or whatever. But there's some things that are coming down the pike that you need to be prepared for, okay, in terms of task, mission, events that are happening in your lives. But whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe God or are you going to believe others? Amen? So it says that to spy out the land, whether they're weak or whether they're strong and so on like that. And then he says in verse number 21, So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the Negev and came unto Hebron, where, where Ahamai, Shemai, and Tamai, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eshol and cut down and cut down from there a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bore it between two upon a staff. And they brought one of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from there. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. Okay, and please underline they returned after 40 days. They returned from searching the land after 40 days. Verse number 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land to which thou sentest, and surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the first of it. Okay? So they went on this first report that they went and they're saying, Yes, surely this looks like a good thing. It looks like it's a nice place to be. Land filled with milk and honey. Everything is sweet. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people are strong that dwells in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the edge of, uh, of the Jordan. All right, so the first thing that they did was they went to this, you know, to the new office space or to the, to, to the, to the new town that you're living in or wherever it might be, and you say, oh yeah, the surroundings look really great. You know, but boy, the people that are there, the people that are on staff, the people that are in the neighborhood, the people that are in the community, oh my gosh, they're this and they're that and they're this and they're that. You see, but God is saying to you, I want you to inhabit there, I want you to take this position, I want you to do this, whatever that particular task might be. God is saying, I've given it to you, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to check it out, all right? Okay, I'm giving you an opportunity to check it out, you see, but... In the meantime, what we as human beings do, when we get into a, when we get into previewing what lies before us, we start putting the obstacles in. Okay? We start putting the obstacles in. Okay? Oh yeah, it's a nice office space. I would love it, you know, and this and that. It's a nice community. It's a nice neighborhood. Gee, it's a nice country. It's a nice state. It's a whatever it might be that God is sending you to. But, but. The people this, the people that, or whatever. But, 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 and you start looking at all the obstacles, okay? Remember, if God is sending you on a mission, if God is sending you to, to accomplish a task, he's not going to have you to do that and, and risking your, your failure and let you fail. It's not going to happen. Plus, God has said it already. It's a done deal. It's a done deal, you see? And while we cannot envision ourselves at this point in living in that land, living in that situation, accomplishing that task, okay, we already, we immediately, we start building in obstacles, 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 okay? Then it continues here, and it says, verse 30, 
And Caleb, underlying Caleb, remember we saw him before, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well to overcome it. Alright, so underline or highlight all of verse number 30. Caleb, in the meantime, now, he's not speaking. He's not going for this nonsense with all these obstacles. He says, you, you know, he says, be still, folks. Let us go up at once and possess the land, for we are well able to overcome it. He's speaking with more confidence, you see. And we need to make sure that we're maintaining confidence. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Alright? Here we go again. Now you see, here on one hand there's confidence being spoken, but then all of a sudden you're getting this negative report and these negative confessions about we are not going to be able to accomplish it. Alright? Now does that not sound familiar? You know, you think about something that you've wanted to do, something that you felt really good about doing or something that you felt God wanted you to do. And then what happens? There comes all of a sudden there come people that start saying you're not going to succeed. You're not going to be able to accomplish that. Are you kidding me? You want to move where? You want to move where? <laughs> coming to Oregon. Coming to Oregon. I mean, I had folks that were saying, you're going where? You know, what's in Oregon? You're going way the other side of the country? Are you kidding me? And I mean, discouragement, discouragement, discouragement. Okay, but I knew that 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 this was God telling me to make that move. Okay, all right? So it's just amazing how you will get the people that will come in that will bring the negative report. All right? But whose report are you going to believe? Amen. God said that I've given this to you. God says that you will accomplish that. It's a done deal. But yet still, don't entertain the, the, the obstacles and the, and the negative reports. Verse 32 says, And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. In other words, there's a lot of war. There's a lot of fighting that's going on. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, who come to the giants, who come of the giants. And we were in our own sight. Please in the line, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight. Okay? Now, how did they know that? Okay? Did those people actually talk to them and say, get away from me, little grasshopper, you're puny, you're not going to succeed? All right? They said, in their own sight, you see. And, you know, and don't think because this happened you know, several thousand years ago that this does not apply to us today because it's the same thing. Here you get the negative confessions, you know, and then you all of a sudden, you start thinking so poorly and lowly of yourself that in your eyes you become a grasshopper, quote unquote, because you start thinking that you're unable to accomplish that which God is telling you that he's already done for you. Amen? 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 So we have to, 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 to really think about how we are managing our own thought processes, you know, and remember who you are. Remember who you are. You are a child of God. You're anointed. You have gifts. Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus is in you. Amen? 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 So why, who are you to think of yourself as a grasshopper? Are you going to be denying the truth of the manufacturer, of the creator? God is not saying you're a grasshopper. God is seeing you as being quite able to take that which he's going to give to you, or has given to you in his, in his mind. Okay? In his realm, God is it's a done deal. You see? But we oftentimes as human beings, we start seeing ourselves as grasshoppers. Alright? Then it goes on to, to say after that confession there of no confidence and fear, chapter 14, verse 1, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Gee whiz, now here, you, know, you see, and, and all of the stuff that God has done, 
you know, that they witnessed. And yet still, you know, the people at night, they wept. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this, in this wilderness. Okay, so all of a sudden now, you know, they, they, they just totally disgusted, and they're blaming Aaron and blaming Moses. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better that uh, for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, let, let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. So all of a sudden now, because of this bad report that they're getting back and the lack of confidence, they want to fire Moses. Okay, they want to fire Moses, they want to get a new leader now, and they want to go back to Egypt. So when we have these things where God is sending us to this task or this mission that God is sending us on, and we get all of these challenges and obstacles and bad reports from other people, you know, don't get to the point where you say, well, gee, I wish I was back where I was. You know, you know, or even sometimes thinking, well, gee whiz, if I get to that new promised land, to that, to that new position, to that new mission or task that I'm going to accomplish, gee whiz, I'm going to be so bad off, I would have been better off in the state that I was in. Okay? Okay? And I tell you something, you are never, never better off in the state that you were in. If God promotes you and moves you on to something else, do not desire and start looking backwards and start wishing that you were back in the condition that you were before. Amen? 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 This is not what God has intended for you at all. But the devil will indeed get into your mind and will make, make you feel timid if you allow it. Make you feel timid and say, I'm, I just cannot accomplish this thing that God supposedly wants me to do. You see? And then you'll start putting that word supposedly because then you'll start wondering if it's really God that is telling me to do this. You see? And so you start presenting more and more obstacles for yourself. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all of the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were of them that searched the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it, it is a very good land. Alright, so in other words now, the two people, Joshua and Caleb, were the only ones the only ones who stood up, this, stood up against this crowd of unbelievers. All right? Okay? And they tore their clothes, which was a, an ancient way of showing their, their displeasure. You know, they, they ripped their garments. It must have been a, an expensive way of showing your displeasure. Things You're ripping up all your clothes. But anyway, so but the two of them, they stood up against the crowd. All right? So how strong are you? When your whole family perhaps is telling you that you don't want to do this, it's good, you're going to fail. You're not going to make it. Your whole family is looking at you and saying to you, you're nuts, don't even try to, to do that. Are you going to be bold enough and strong enough to stand for what you know that God is telling you to do? Amen? Amen. And regardless of how many people are coming at you, I don't care if there are 50, 50 people or the whole family or friends or whatever are aligning themselves against you. After you know, if you know that this is what God is telling you to do. And you spied out the land, so to speak. And you know that this is indeed it's a good thing. And you know that it's God. You have to repel those obstacles. You have to repel those negative confessions. You know, in the name of Jesus, you know, I rebuke those thoughts. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke, I rebuke that speech. I rebuke those kinds of thoughts and things being said to me. I don't want to hear them anymore. I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are. You see? You see? Because you never stop to think that the people that are giving you these obstacles could be driven by the devil himself. Simply not wanting you to do what God is calling you to do. 
Amen. Amen. You never know. We never know the results of us following God. What what could be the what, what could be the domino effect, so to speak, of us following and doing what God wants us to do. Sometimes God will reveal to us what has happened because we were we were wise enough to follow His word, and He may show us what transpired because we made that choice. But many many times, you know, months, years, could perhaps could go by before you'll have any idea what happened because you decided to follow what God wanted you to do. Amen. Amen. And and the more opposition that you get, and again now, this is where you you just still there. You need to make sure that this is what God is telling you to do. Amen. And the more opposition that you get about doing this thing, all right, then you you really need to start feeling pretty good because you got to know then that, gee whiz, the devil is really, really nervous about me doing what God wants me to do. He's really trying to oppose me here for some reason. All right, there's some greater good that's going to come out of my following God's orders here and doing what he wants me to do and trusting God that Satan here is trying all things to, to get me to stop me from doing it. He even wants me to consider going back and living life the way it was, the way I did. You know, you know I, 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 I tremble to think of going back and living a life before I really, really got committed to God. Amen. 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 You know, and, and, and I, I almost, I almost with um, envy, for want of a better word, uh, uh, look at the younger people, you know, who really came to the Lord and confessed Jesus Christ at a tender age. You know, like when you're 13 and 14 and so on like that, really confessing God. You know, I mean, even though God was in my household as a child and everything and my parents were very much involved in the church, I didn't confess, confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior until years later. Amen. But imagine what life could have been if if you had known that earlier on, you see. So no way, no way ever do you want to look back on where you were before, especially after God has promoted you and brought you forward. You know, everyone in this sanctuary has grown spiritually, you know, over the months and over the years. You've grown spiritually. You don't want to, to, to degress and go back to where you were. Amen. But right away, these people here, they say, okay, wish we could return to Egypt. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that were strong enough um, to stand up, to stand up to them. It says in verse number 8. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not you against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of this land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Please underline, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Underline, fear them not. For the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Okay? He says in 8, in eight if the Lord delights, then he will bring us into this land. He'll give it to us. All right? So, if the Lord is telling you that this is what I want you to accomplish, and this is the land or the mission or the task that I want you to accomplish, then you have to know then that God delights in doing that, okay? And God had already said that to the land, spout the land to, to, that I, I give to you, so it's a done deal, so you know that the Lord delights in it, all right? And so he's saying that if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land. So you know that if God is telling you to do this, that he delights in it, so therefore you will accomplish that which he's sending you to accomplish. You will accomplish it, amen? Amen, and as far as the people or the, the negativity that you're getting back or any other obstacles that might be there, okay? Many of the obstacles, you know, you know. Sometimes there, there are things in life that come up that just, 
my gosh, it presents a ton of paperwork, you know, a ton of paperwork, a ton of procedures. You got the, the, the bureaucracy of the city, of the federal government, the state, or whatever it is, it is that, that, that might be, you know, you know. There are some things that I'm working on right now that just re- time requires a, a ton of coordinating and thinking about and this and that and this and that and forms and so on. And I literally am just praying about that and say, Lord, give me the steps, what I need to do, what I need to follow first, what I need to this, that, or the other, and so on, you know, and just take me through it because the, the obstacles, the, uh, the seeming obstacles are there, all right? But I know what it is that God wants me to do, and so I know that if the Lord delights in my doing it, that he will, will make it happen, and he'll give me the steps to do it. And so that's where I find my peace and I find my, my solace in knowing that, all right? And as far as those things, those obstacles, in this case, those people, don't fear the people of the land, for they are bread. In other words, they will, you will eat them up. You will, you will move them aside. Those people that are giving you opposition or those circumstances that are giving you opposition, you will devour them, so to speak. Okay? They will not be able to stand, to withstand, uh, to withstand you. Alright? Whatever it is that you need to accomplish, those people that are standing in the way shall be removed. Amen? And the Lord knows that I've seen that happen over the years and different things that happened in my life. People that were giving me, me opposition and I prayed and, and, and read the word about it and just trusted God and surely enough the Lord just moved them out of the way. The Lord just moved and I'm not saying that God killed them off. I'm not saying that. Amen. But whatever the circumstances were, they went on to other things or whatever or gave up and stopped, decided to stop opposing me. But I did not have to lift a finger. All I had to do was to simply trust God. Amen. And so it is with you. Amen. And whose report do you believe? Do you believe what God is telling you or are you going to believe the negative confessions that come from other people or from other places, other sources? Amen. So it says in 9 again, Rebel not you against the Lord, neither fear you the people of the land for they are bred for us their defense is departed from them and the Lord is with us fear them not but all the congregation demanded to stone them with stones and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel now how do you like that for opposition you know, God, gee whiz, thank God that no one is so violently opposed to what you're trying to do that they want to stone you. Amen. Amen. God forbid that they should go to that length. Amen. But you see here that, that uh, they actually were getting so hot and bothered about this, they wanted to, to stone them. And then the glory of the Lord, God appeared. God appeared. And the Lord said unto Moses, how long will this people provoke me? How long will it be before they believe me for all the signs which I have shown them? I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them. I will make of thee a greater, a greater nation. I will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou brought us up this, um, up this people in thy sight in thy might from among them. You see, now what God is saying, see, this is why it's very, very dangerous here for us to start doubting God and, and all of a sudden wanting to go back in the other direction. Because God gets tired of this provocation. You see, you see, God had shown them many, many miracles they should have been trusting God by this point. And then he's saying that how long these people provoke me. Uh, and he says he will smite them with pestilence and disinherit, and disinherit them. But Moses is now, Moses is pleading on their, on their, on their behalf and he's asking God to, to not destroy them for how it would seem and so on. So I'm going to pause from here and jump over to verse number 20. Okay, Moses sent those other verses there are talking about where he was pleading with God not to destroy the people and so on. Verse number 20 says, And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men 
who have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have put me to the test now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swore to give unto, unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. All right? So you've got to be very careful here about provoking God and those people that, that come against you and are still speaking negatively in what it is that you need to do. They need to be very, 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 very careful, all right? because God will, God will get tired of that, that provocation. Verse 24 says, But my servant Caleb, because he he had another spirit with him Caleb in other words did not have this spirit of fear okay and has followed me fully him will I bring into the land where into he went and his seed shall possess it now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley uh, uh, in the valley tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea and the Lord spoke unto Moses and said and, and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. You see, God gets tired. God gets tired of people constantly complaining uh, um, against Him. You know, and then especially those that might be complaining about you or trying to hinder you from doing what God wants you to do. God does not look kindly at that. Amen? He does not look kindly at it. He then goes on to say, How long shall I bear this congregation in America? Uh, verse 28, 28. Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all who were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, who have murmured against me. Doubtless you shall not come into the land concerning which I swore to make you dwell therein, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. So as far as, as whose report will you believe... Caleb and Joshua were the only two of that whole, that whole congregation of people there that believed God's report, you see. But the other people did not believe their report. They decided to believe what the negative spies, the confession that they had made. Amen. So whose report do you believe when God is sending you on this particular mission and is asking you, telling you that you're going to accomplish this task? Whose report are you going to believe? You're going to believe God, the Creator. The owner of the manual, so to speak, or all of these negative things that will come your way. Amen. Now, I don't know what's laying out there in terms of, of, of what's in your, in your futures and things like that. But whatever it is that God may be preparing you for, or may be speaking to your heart, something that you're working on right now, or something that will come, do not be turned off by those that would be around you. Do not be turned off. Do not be discouraged. Do not be so easily discouraged and turned off by some circumstances that might present themselves. Amen? Because whatever this thing is that God may be preparing you for, wanting you to accomplish, it is being divinely, divinely, divinely ordained to happen. Which means that very, very possibly, most likely, Satan does not want you to accomplish it. Accomplish it. Okay? So therefore, he will find any individual that he can sway to come before you to try and discourage you. He will send any, any Single, any single circumstance that you can think of that will look like, oh gee, was I'm going to fail and, and do this and doing this, I'm not going to be able to make it. You know, it's going to come that way. It's because God has a plan for you. 
God has a plan for you. And there's a reason why you're hearing this message. Amen? Amen? I mean, this may, I'm also thinking here now that it may not even be, it may possibly not be just intended for you. It could be intended for someone, a loved one. It could be intended for someone that is near you, that you're in touch with. Amen? But God is looking to touch the hearts of his children. God is saying to people that, 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 that we're not going to stay where we were. We're not going to stay where we were. There's changes that's happening in this world all around us. Being simply one that is satisfied with simply just going to church, giving to God financially, it's time for us to start thinking about what kind of quality time are we spending with God and what does God really want me to do with my life. Where does God want me to move, not only physically, but spiritually? All right? I think that it's a time of spiritual preparation for God's children because there's, there's a move of evil that is going across this land and it's, it's, it's showing its ugly head in so many places. It's showing in so many places. You know? Even places that would seem to be um, nothing to really think about, but, but, but it is indeed because it's just showing the way the complacency of this country is just kind of going. And I'm not waxing, I'm not waxing politically, but I'm simply talking about facts that are really, really happening. They're talking about taking the Bible out of the public school, out of the public library now because supposedly it's too violent. Right? Look at the other violent books that are there and the other filth-filled books, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. They can have that disgusting novel in the library but they don't want the Bible to be in the library. And now they're saying that anyone can go into whatever restroom they feel inclined to go into. Okay, that means that if you're a young lady and you're in a, it goes to dressing rooms also, that if you're there and you're dressing or going to the restroom and, and a man who feels that he's a woman can go in there and can, can use the facilities and change, put a new dress on while you're standing in the next room doing the same thing. Target has embraced this, I understand, and I understand that they're doing it for bathrooms, bath restrooms, as well as um, uh, dressing rooms. Uh, Brother Ian here was telling us about that, and that is something that now that many people here, I hear thousands of people are talking about boycotting, boycotting uh, Target, you see. So America as a nation is basically people, there are many, many people here that are still, that adhere to, 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 the, to the Judeo-Christian belief beliefs. Amen. And we're children of God and we're not standing for this. You see, so life is changing. So what I'm, what I'm presenting here today, the, 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 this mission or this task or whatever it is, it may not be a physical task that God is sending you on, but it may be, may be a upward movement of your spiritual position. You know, the, 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 the more acknowledgement, the, the, the learning really the deeper things of God. Do not be afraid to learn those deeper things of God. Do not be afraid to move to the next level because things are happening very, very quickly. Um, in, in this land and we need to be prepared he goes on to say here um, in verse number 32 but as for you uh, your carcasses they shall fall in this wilderness and your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your hollow trees until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness after the number of days in which you search the land even 40 days each day for a year shall you bear your iniquities even 40 years and you shall know my breach of promise okay so what happened here was the 40 days that they spent spying out the land what God is saying here for each one of those days and you came up with this negative report and you're wanting to go back you're going to wander in the desert for 40 years that's why they wandered for 40 years in the desert 
That's why they wandered. Amen. Amen. The distance that they had to traverse was relatively a short one. It wasn't that long that they had to take 40 years wandering. But God is saying it because of your iniquities. You see, it's very dangerous for us not to do what God is wanting us to do. You know, when you know that you know that you know that it's God. You have to do what God is calling you to do. You can't be let your mind be, be deterred. You can't listen to the negative confessions of other, others. I, the Lord, have said... I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. And the men whom Moses sent to search the land, uh, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against them by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men who did bring up the evil report upon the land, died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were of the men who went to search the land, lived still. Okay? And it goes on to say, And Moses told these sayings unto all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning and went up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we are here. We will go unto the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that, that you be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword because you are turned away from the Lord therefore the Lord will not be with you but they presumed to go up into the hilltop nevertheless the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites who dwelt in that hill and smote them and routed them even unto Hormath you see so there's a danger there in not doing what God is telling you to do and at the last minute here these people said okay we're going to turn around and we're going to do this and God he said no God is not with you you're not going to be successful here. Amen. Amen. Not going to be successful. They refuse to listen. So the whole thing here um, in summarizing is that um, if God is sending you on a mission, there's a task before you. There's something else that God wants you to do that's out of the ordinary, out of the way you have normally been doing things. If you know that you know that it's God and, and God is saying to you that you shall succeed in that, then you go forth knowing that you shall succeed in doing it and that you do not entertain any obstacles, any negative confessions from others that will come, that will come around you. you know? And the interesting thing is many, many, many times you have so many well-intentioned people that are in our lives. They will come to you thinking they're doing you a favor. You know, oh boy, oh boy, let me tell you, you don't want to go there. You don't want to do that. You don't want to, you know, even embark on doing something like that. You know, and if you listen to it, they're taking you away from what God would want you to do. You know, I remember, you remember David and uh, uh, the events of David and Goliath when he was going to go out to fight Goliath. His own brothers were the ones that kept discouraging him. You're a shepherd boy. You'll never be able to fight against the giant. You see, so many times those that are even close to us will, will be trying to, to discourage us from doing what we know that God is telling us to do. And all I'm just saying to you is, is, to, is to, to, to be prayerful. You know, We really, really, really need to spend a lot of time with Holy Spirit. We need to make sure that we're not deceived by the voice of, of, of many others that come our way because those many other voices are not necessarily of God. Amen? And we need to be able to discern between those, those voices that are good and those voices that are evil. If God gives you the opportunity to get a preview of this task that it is that he has laid before you, you know, you know, don't be discouraged by what you may see, what you may see. Because God is saying that I have given you this thing. You're going to be successful in doing this thing. 
You're going to accomplish it. Amen. Don't sit back and listen to what those other folks are telling you. Amen. Amen. And again, this all goes back again to you knowing God's voice. All right. If you're not in the word, if you're not praying, if you don't know the sound of Holy Spirit when he's ministering to you, then it will be very difficult for you to discern between the good and the, and the evil. So you need to make sure that you're in the word of God, that you're studying his word and that you're, you're praying and that you know God's voice as you move forward. All right. All right? And, and don't be don't be discouraged. Um, I feel that there are awesome, mighty times ahead of us. And I believe that 2016 is going to reveal some eye opening things to us as children of God but we've got to be steadfast you know we've got to be strong and we've got to stand you know not weak need or, or anything but stand for who we are in Christ Jesus amen amen because there are so many things here that when I think about them and I try to figure out or think about where they're going you know and, and, and I draw no no logical conclusions you know and I say obviously this is way beyond my solving it so Lord at this point I'm giving it to you I'm not going to think about it or carry about it, care about it. I'm going to just give it to you. You know, you know. One of the things that I practice doing it that I find very helpful, you may want to think about, is when something pops into your mind that's negative, simply say, I don't care. I don't care. Now, that's not meaning I don't care. It's just meaning that I'm not going to care. Because the Word of God says to cast all your cares upon God who cares for you. Okay, so when that negative thing, the thought or instance comes into your mind, you say, "I don't care," then you just follow through and say, "I don't care because I give all my cares to God, who cares for me." You see, and the minute that you say that I'm giving all my cares to God, that puts God in a position to then care for you. Okay, because God can't care for you if you're trying to care for yourself. Because it's like a struggle that's going on there. You're trying to do the caring. God's trying to do the caring. And after a while, God says, okay, well, until he decides to let me care for him, then he's going to be on his own, you see. And then the caring that you do is going to be, going to be fraught with making the wrong decisions and so on like that. Amen. So you get that thing that's into your life that's troublesome. You say, I don't care. And you say, Lord God, I give so-and-so to you. I give this situation to you. I give my cares to you. Amen. Jesus, come unto me all who are, who are weary and heavy, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Amen. So, so don't care. Okay. And this is God's report. All right. So whose report are you going to believe? Amen. That's the, that's the end of the message. Whose report are you going to believe? Praise God, praise God. Hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.